Well, good evening and, well, no, good afternoon and welcome to WEHC 90.7 where you're tuned in to She Walks with Sharon Bowers and Carly Blaylock. And we were talking last uh, week, we talked a little bit about Juneteenth and we just kind of introduced it and we're so grateful this week that we have with us the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion of Embry and Henry and we just had a big celebration that involved the community and all kinds of stuff and so we want to hear from him and uh he's going to tell us a little bit about emory henry's plans and and the way that we've been celebrating uh juneteenth and the way we continue to hope to celebrate juneteenth carly yeah so today we have with us john holloway who is the vice president of diversity equity inclusion and belonging at emory and henry um he created and facilitated the first annual emory and henry juneteenth celebration which was hosted last weekend and it was you know community members were there it was a really great beautiful celebration um so we want to dive a little bit more into his thoughts on that celebration and kind of plans for future ones as well as just general thoughts about juneteenth um, as a holiday so welcome john thank you thank you uh carly and, and reverend bowers and uh thank you for inviting me and allowing me to come on here and talk a bit about uh, this exciting uh, event that we had last week. Yeah, what what was the impetus? I mean, did you just decide that you thought it was time for Emory and Henry to be involved or how, how did you go about with coming up with that? It's a great idea and looks like it was well attended. I saw some really cool pictures of colleagues of mine. Clergy yeah. were there. I, I was sad that I couldn't be there, but clergy were there from the United Methodist Church and mm-hmm. other places. So what were you thinking when you decided that this would be a good move for Emory and Henry? Sure, well, so uh, I know that uh, at least for myself, I discovered uh, Juneteenth about 15 years ago, and I introduced it to my family uh, when I came back from California uh, to New York. And because I, I knew that uh, there's very little recognition in the New York area uh, among folks who knew about Juneteenth. And so this occasion here, uh, well, you know, two years ago, uh, we began uh, celebrating it uh, as a federal holiday. And I knew that also that uh, by chance we had several people in this region who knew absolutely nothing about Juneteenth, only that there was a new holiday now. In fact, I was shocked when I went to my, uh, my county dump last year and saw a sign on a dump saying that they were celebrating Juneteenth. I live in Marion. I knew that there was probably very little known about Juneteenth. And so this being the second year of uh, its celebration, I wanted to to basically allow the college to take lead on helping folks to learn what Juneteenth was all about. Uh, and knowing also that, and this is a difficult time of year for us because we really would like to do programs on this scale that would largely involve students. And we know that most of our students are gone uh, for the summer. We have about, I guess, maybe 60 or 70 students staying on campus this summer. Uh, but so we knew out the gate that this was going to be an event that we planned for the overall community. We wanted to have 
folks from uh, from this area. We outreached uh, as far north as uh, as Whitfield and uh, down south to uh, to Bristol and Kingsport. And so um, this was an effort to really try to pull the community together uh, for uh, what we believe was awesome fellowship, a chance to uh, to learn and, and hear about uh, the history of Juneteenth and uh, how it came about. I know that many of our folks didn't know that this was probably, this is perhaps the oldest known celebration of commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. And, um, and also we, uh, it was a chance for us to, to, uh, to outline uh, that Juneteenth is actually June 19th and it comes together for, for June and 19th together. Um, also letting them know that this is, has been known as Emancipation Day, uh, a Freedom Day, Day of Jubilee, called different uh, things in different parts of the country. And that, uh, that overall we uh, were, were able to, to also share that uh, the actual date that the enslaved uh, uh, people in Galveston, Texas were told they were free goes back to 1865. And so, and I, I must underscore told because uh, we know that they were not freed at that time. They were actually freed uh, in, in 1863, two years earlier, but uh, word did not get to, to, to Texas. And that was pretty uh, strategic as well because the, uh, as I understand, as I've uh, researched, uh, Texas was one of the furthest uh, Confederate locations. And um, uh, I think that word uh, not getting to uh, Texas uh, clearly was strategic. And in fact, as I understand it, several slaveholders uh, uh, relocated to Texas just to be able to continue their enterprise for a couple more years uh, and not have to be uh, enforced by the Emancipation Proclamation. And we all know also that, uh, that Lincoln, uh, this was more of an effort for him to strengthen and to, uh, to basically put pressure on the Confederate States. And so the Emancipation Proclamation did not set all of the enslaved free. It was only those enslaved states. Those are Confederate states, excuse me. And uh, it wasn't until the, uh, the 13th Amendment was ratified uh, during the end of the Civil War that, uh, that actually, uh, that, that uh, uh, slaves, slave, slavery was abolished throughout uh, the US. And so this was a chance for, for us to, to really tell that story uh, and to tell it in, in creative ways as well. We had different uh, narratives from different voices, uh, different uh, presentations. And uh, we also were able to talk about some local history. We had uh, uh, a nice uh, sort of uh, pamphlets and information from Washington County Historical Society. We were able to talk about um, Squire Miller Henry, who uh, who came here 
four years after uh, the uh, uh, Emancipation Proclamation. And, and the college actually hired him here and he worked here for 50 plus years. And so uh, the college does indeed have uh, some history uh, with, with retain, as it pertains to um, uh, at least benefiting from, uh, from enslaved labor. What's one of the things that, that we talked about was how different it was at different places. And then I want to talk a little bit about memory and place, Emory Henry, because I know that we've done some other things, John, uh, about trying to, to, to make that recognition. And so that, that just adds to uh, the Saltville kind of thing. That's a plus. I mean, that's, you know, that that's adding more for the memory in place. But as you were talking, and we talked a little bit last week about um, in Tennessee, I'm from Tennessee, and so in Tennessee we had the 8th of August. And that's when the military governor, Andrew Johnson, who, you know, here we have a national park here for him in Tennessee, and that's when he um, released his enslaved people. Mm-hmm. And so for many years, we sell and still do this year as a matter of fact we celebrated juneteenth here in greenville but we're also going to celebrate august the 8th because for as long as i can remember generations we celebrated august the 8th with parades uh you know with all of the fanfare with barbecue with all of the fanfare because that's when we got the message here in tennessee so there are all kinds of places and spaces that uh you know, that lead up to Juneteenth. That was August 1863 that we got the word. Mm-hmm. But as you were saying earlier, John, it took those other two years to get out to Texas. And, and so we know there was no technology. So we know it wasn't just a, just a matter of pushing a button and right. letting people know. But I think it's real important what you brought up to, to know that it was a lot of the uh, keeping the information, withholding the information was by design. That well, it was it, not it, just coincidental well I, I, you're right and I, and I learned uh, that it was by design yeah and that it wasn't just the message was delayed but it was an opportunity of being able to carry on that enterprise for as long as they could and so uh, we know that that 18 uh that that when the uh, uh now the uh, the abolishment of slavery was uh, what year was that? That was 1865. And we know that uh, uh, a lot of things happened that year. I think that Lincoln uh, was assassinated that year. The Civil War ended mm-hmm. and the 13th Amendment was ratified. And so uh, at that time, uh, slavery was indeed abolished, at least in the law. And that's when uh, uh, I think Major General uh, came out to um, to Galveston, Texas, and and gave word and made the proclamation that uh, they all had been been free. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the thirteenth, the fourteenth, and the fifteenth amendment. You know, I mean, it, it it just seems kind of illogical that we have to keep legalizing. Yeah. You know, and, and it and it and it's heartbreaking because we're talking about human beings here. So, but it makes it difficult that you know we still have to kind of see that Congress does pass it in '65. You know, it gets ratified, and then we still are, and we're still dealing with some of those ramifications today, um, which is part, I guess, uh, VP Holloway, part about what your office actually does on campus is to help to kind of level 
some of the repercussions that are still coming all the way from times that you have to think about celebrating. And Carly and I talked last week about how it feels kind of weird, uh, as in the black culture, we might say some type of way, but it feels weird to be celebrating freedom of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that, um, I think clearly Juneteenth for me represents uh, another way in which freedom was delayed for black people, you know? And I, I did read at some point, there was a real eloquent way of framing it because you're right, the celebration, the celebration really is more of honoring and, and, and commemorating um, the solidarity and what the, the resilience uh, of, of, of Black people and how they've been able to overcome. And so I think the um, uh, this sort of uh, succinct way of putting that this really is an opportunity to acknowledge uh, our dreadful past, to potentially uh, to really make clear our current divisiveness that we have here in this country and the healing that's required, uh, but also uh, a way of being able to look forward, uh, to, uh, to move forward uh, our sort of our efforts and goals to uh, to healing and to uh, uh, to moving our our efforts together in solidarity. So we we talked a little bit about you know all the articles that are out about how white people and other than black people can celebrate Juneteenth, and we thought yes. you know <laughs> it's kind of I don't know, but it's kind of interesting that we have to give instructions because again. It should be a celebratory thing for all people that people who have been oppressed and enslaved are actually free. So to, to have to instruct other people how to celebrate, we, we kind of felt that was kind of a, another one of those uh, interesting things. But, John, what were some of the kinds of things, the activities that you had on campus? Because we even talked last week about ways to celebrate Juneteenth, yeah. even down to red Kool-Aid or yeah, red oh, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have any red Kool-Aid. We should have. Uh, uh, but let me just make this point. Uh, and to your, to your point, uh, Reverend Bowers, I, mean, I, I believe, how can I put this? We were intentional and concerned when we did our marketing. We wanted to make sure, Carly, that uh, that this that this was really seen as something that would be inviting for everyone because I believe that it's real easy to uh, be misinformed about what Juneteenth is and to think that oh this is just something for the black folks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you're right uh, having to instruct and to provide an explanation how this could this is really about everyone's celebration. And so, uh, uh, but we had some amazing things uh, that day. We had, uh, we were able to pull together, uh, and this was uh, very last minute, but we were able to pull together what we called a Juneteenth Community Mass Choir. And we had a choir, uh, Reverend Bowers, that was represented Represented, I believe it was 12 different churches 
that were represented. And so we had um, members from a variety of different congregations in um, in this, this area, this region. And in many cases, sometimes we had one or two different members, but we had one rehearsal before. And <laughs> uh, I think uh, we did an awesome job. And so we had the mass choir. We had one of our, uh, our students who, uh, provided a uh, wonderful, uh, 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 you, you know, you know, Destiny. Mm -hmm. uh, she sang and did oh. an awesome job. Uh, yeah, we had uh, Terrence, who from Terrence from the Barter Theater, who was the MC for the occasion, and um, we also had a gospel recording group called the Gospel Sensations, and uh, they were really special because. They sang a lot of old uh, gospel music, but uh, they 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 came out uh, and they moved and dressed a lot like the Temptations. <laughs> so it was awesome. In fact, I think we have some of that stuff on tape, and so I think that may be available through our uh, our uh, college website. But it was great. So well, we I, I saw the choir, and of course, I sent a message to Jerry Hill, Jerry Jones, and said, "Next year, I want to be in the choir. I can't see it all, but it just Absolutely. looked like it looked like everybody was having so much fun." And so Jerry Hill assures me that next year I can be in the choir. Yes. But what I did notice, VP Holloway, was that um, there were all kinds of people from all walks of life. There were women, there were men, there were straight, there were gay, there were white, there were black, brown, you know. And so to me, it, it epitomized what we were trying to do as far as right. the celebration, that the celebration is for all people. Absolutely. And then one other thing that I heard about, I heard all these stories. I told Carly, I said, Carly, we've got to get VP Holloway on our show and hear about what happened and then what his intention is for next year. Because huh? one of my colleagues, a uh, uh, woman from Tazewell, Virginia, mm -hmm. all the way from Tazewell, came down. And the highlight for her was the group you're talking about, the gospel artist, but mm -hmm. also the fact that she got to fish in the duck pond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we basically, so, so we wanted to frame this as a family event. And so uh, this was, this was, um, what we did was we, we contacted and, and made a connection with Marion Fish and Wildlife, and they put us in contact with a Chihawi outfit that basically we stocked our uh, little pond on campus with 90 trout. Yeah. And <laughs> in fact, uh, some of the trout are still swimming around in there if you want to come through a pole in the pond. Uh, but it was, that was great. We also had uh, bouncy houses for the, for the children. And it was, a, it was a fun time for all. Yeah, they 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 said it was a, a a really good time, and they were excited and and uh, and 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 like I said, I saw some colleagues of mine from Bristol who yeah. were there uh, who sang in the choir, Reverend Laura Razor. You know, I mean, I, I it was just like people were just looking for something, and I think it was really important that it was regional for us. You know, for Emory and Henry to to kind of say we're here and we do all kinds of things, even celebrate Juneteenth, and and to have that family friendly focus was right. pretty powerful. We uh, and we also we tried our darnest to be able to connect with Bristol because Bristol had an event. Uh, uh, in fact, very early on, we had discussions with uh, with Pastor Ward, and I went down and met with them. 
And uh, we tried to find a way to bring both together. Uh, that wasn't possible, but we, but we strategically started ours a little earlier and we ended at the same time that theirs began. Uh -huh. so I think that there was a chance for, for folks, if they wanted to, to, to enjoy both. I know last year, Carly, you recall, um, uh, uh, what, what's the name of, uh, that group with Keisha Reese and, uh, um, you remember them, John, they used to I do. with us. Future, uh, they were the Future Black Leaders Coalition. Yes. Yeah. Future Black Leader Coalition. They had one last the year we're talking about proceeding and Carly and I, we were down there and I actually, I was their, their speaker, but, um, it was just a good time for, uh, everybody to come together. But what I was excited about this year is a good time for everybody to come together on our college campus. Yes. That That's centralizes it and brings it, you know, it, it's it's a way to connect the community and the academy That's and in a way that's not just another lecture. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're we're not just offering another lecture, but we're offering this family friendly fun stuff. So I thought that was powerful. Yeah, we, you know, we had um, we had folks who came to the campus for this event who had never been on this campus before. Yeah. In fact, we, we had a a uh, a caterer from Kingsport, Hill Soul Food, uh, who came to the campus and provided some awesome goodies, but mentioned while she was here that she wanted to tell her son about Emory and Henry because Great. it's a beautiful campus. And um, anyway, so it's a chance to potentially bring up folks who live in the area, but who've never been on the campus before. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the community partner part is just really powerful. Um, one thing I wanted to ask was about future plans, you know, for next year, but also, you know, as you mentioned, it, it just happens to fall in June when there are a few students here. So are there any plans to do anything during the school year? I know it wouldn't necessarily be a Juneteenth celebration, but something to maybe educate a little bit about Juneteenth and encourage people to celebrate in their own hometowns. Yeah, you know, uh, in fact, uh, Dean Wright mentioned to me that a school that she had previously worked at, they actually had a Juneteenth celebration at the end of the year for the students. And so we'd like to maybe see if we can have something uh, that can, as you mentioned, uh, Carly, that would uh, really uh, encourage students to to learn more about Juneteenth, but to also take advantage of, uh, of these activities that may be happening within their communities. I think that in the future, we, as uh, as mentioned, this is something that we coined an annual event, and we'd like to have something every year. We had we were blessed with with awesome weather, and uh, it's always a challenge. But I think that we hope that 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 we will uh, be be able to begin planning this a lot earlier. Uh, we know that there's so many things that are going on during the year, but. Uh, and and let me just stop for a moment and give give a lot of credit to to APEC. They uh, they they partnered with us and were uh, basically stood side by side. And, and as we developed this, Dennis and 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 Bucky were really dope uh, partners with regard to making this event possible. But so we talked about having our, our planning that may begin in October. And we'd like to see if we can find some community sponsors and just to find a way to maybe even uh, see if we can get uh, Bristol to come up, come up here and join us as well. 
but to overall see if we can have a big blast, even bigger artists, uh, more of our uh, representation of throughout the community and to really see if we can bring up folks who aren't necessarily members of the choir, folks who would normally never come to this stuff. We want to see if we can bring them up here because a lot of the folks who were here, they were they're familiar folks, you know. They're people who who really uh, are are really part of progressive efforts. And we, but we want to see if we can attract folks who would normally never come to stuff like this. And so, just to learn, to fellowship, and to have a great time. And I saw some of like um, uh, I can't think of her name and. Um... Ledgewood, Ledgewood. I saw some of the people that are a part of Emory Church on campus, but also are part of all of the, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging activities, uh, are now doing book clubs, you know, regarding race. And, and so in some ways, uh, VP Holloway, it seemed like it was an awakening, mm-hmm. you know, like, or a place for people to connect, you know, uh, praxis and theory, or, or just to kind of say, you know, I've been, I've been learning yes. about blackness or african-americanism or the other and now i want to actually apply it and then the fact that that you afforded them the opportunity to do it in a praxis way as opposed to you know just another another academic exercise because oh, yeah. we've been doing that a whole lot and, and as a college that's what we want to do but the fact that you were able to bridge that to give them some knowledge as well as to give them a place and a space to interact with the other people Yes, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I think that message is going to continue. Uh, we we had these beautiful shirts. I wish we had saved a couple for you, for both of you. But uh, we, we have these beautiful shirts that folks will be able to wear that talks about uh, that. That's a nice artwork of Juneteenth and Emory and Henry on it. So I think that the conversation oh. will continue. Yeah, well, I'd love maybe Maybe you can show us one if we can't have one at least. <laughs> Absolutely. The other thing I heard was that they were all, a lot of them were glad they got the kente cloth, you know, the people that were part of the choir, and they took that as a keepsake. So there were lots of things. Oh, cool beans. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 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 Well, we 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 want to be a part of whatever you're doing to because our whole show is about freedom, mm-hmm. and our show is about primarily freedom for women. Like she walks in the vein of Sojourner Truth, walking to freedom. But there are so many points and places in our nation where we still need to see what freedom looks like, and more importantly, to see what freedom feels like. And I think you were able to do both with uh, with this this festival on Emory Henry's campus. Yeah, we're re- really excited about what happened. We hope that we can continue uh, these in the future and uh, and most importantly, see if we can reach out to our community members and to uh, provide an opportunity for fun times together. In fact, I want to personally make an invitation right now for She Walks to, uh, to, to be there and, prov- and provide a live sort of show uh for for the uh for the station that would be amazing that would be great yeah that would be great that would be great wonderful well we are coming close to the end of our time so i want to hand over um to john just for a closing message something you want to leave our listeners with um before we close us out well again thank you for the opportunity and the platform to be able to talk about this 
I'm I'm just again I'm I'm encouraged. I'm I am hopeful that um, as we uh, do different events, that we will find ways to be intentional about involving our community members and to go beyond the uh, the gates and uh, and and uh, sort of the property of Emory Henry. We want to make sure that that our uh, efforts at really uh, of inclusion and belonging and finding purpose and meaning and value for all is spread just throughout this region. So uh, thank you again and and uh, uh, bring me on again. I would love to talk about some more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Cause yeah, I wanted to ask you about like, uh, just did you include, since it was Pride Month, were you able to include all of that? So there's just a whole bunch. This just seems that this could just be major in the yes. future it could just have like a week long yes a, a week long celebration and i wasn't even able to talk about we had family members there from squire henry that's amazing yes. wow family. absolutely so we got a lot to talk about yeah memory in place that that's excellent that's excellent yeah all right well, I just want to thank you again, BP Holloway, for being here with us. And I also want to second BP Holloway's um, uh, invitation. So if you are a community member, if you have a community organization you'd like to be involved in Juneteenth for next year, um, you can find all of the DEIB contact information on the Emory & Henry website um, to get in touch with John or Emily from the DEIB office. Um, they will be happy to, to talk with you. Um, and if you want to learn more about DEIB, you can also find information there for other events and things happening on campus. So thank you for joining us. And thank you listeners for being here with us. Um, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the women of pride and talk about all the incredible women who um, are members of the LGBT plus community and who have done incredible things to help um, liberate the LGBT plus community. So thank you all for being with us. And I hope you have a wonderful week. All right. See you all next week. Thanks again, VP Holloway. Thank you.